Welcome to Rehab Within Reach. We are your hosts, Dr. Chrissy Rankin, physical therapist and CrossFit Level 1 coach. And I'm Dr. Sarah Nelson, a physical therapist, and I'm board certified in women's health and lymphedema therapy, and I also hold a master's degree in orthopedic manual therapy. And I'm Dr. Shona Craig. I'm also a physical therapist, a board certified women's health clinical specialist, certified lymphedema therapist, and yoga teacher. We are a collective of women from various backgrounds who support each other and the community around us that have one thing in common, therapy solutions. This podcast will be addressing how the body, mind, and spirit work together to create our current state of being while offering a refreshing approach to how to create harmony within each system. Our treatment philosophy is to empower people through education by combining modern evidence-based practice with our innate primal wisdom in order to promote body literacy and compassion in your personal healing journey. Even though our professional background started in physical therapy, we take an integrative and holistic approach by addressing all systems of the body in order to bridge the gap between the current medical model in the United States and your ability to make autonomous decisions to achieve independence and wellness. This podcast is meant to challenge you to think in ways that may feel uncomfortable at first, but don't worry. Remember, our goal is to provide resources in order for you to make the best decisions for your well-being, which may go against what most of our society suggests is quote-unquote healthy or correct. As a reminder, this podcast does not replace the medical examination, assessment, and plan of care from a licensed medical provider who has seen you personally. Let's get started. So we're talking about the holistic approach. Yeah. Yeah. Part one. Part one. Definitely needs two parts. (laughs) Yeah. And I wrote up some questions for us to to get us started talking about it. I think this is one of the main things that draws us all together. Like I yeah. I don't know. I can climb on a soapbox really fast on this topic. I bet <laughs> all of us can. Um yeah, these are really good questions. Definitely made me think. Oh good. I have I'm good at questions, not always answers. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't that like a sign of a of a, of a good person. Right? Is that, <laughs> life is humble to me. <laughs> so the, the question I asked right off was for us to dev- define what is a holistic approach to healthcare, because I feel like a lot of people use that word it get, or term, it gets tossed around a lot. And so I thought each of us, you know, could talk about what that means to you. Maybe you could start Irene. Yeah. So um, holistic is one of those catch terms right now. It's a hot phrase, isn't it? And Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, to me, I feel like treating the body and mind is really important. And uh, seeing that connection strengthened is really important. So I often find that when I've been working with people where they have conditions in their body, there's often an effect on the mind um, and even the brain itself. So just the chemicals um, that make up uh, processes of the brain. But really, like I think that when we're treating the whole person, it includes just making sure that that mental aspect is addressed along with the body um, and that they often coincide together. So if you have anxiety, depression, um, anger, frustration, and even like mental trauma from whatever condition you have, it can really, it can affect how the body uh, receives healing. And it also affects how much the person even wants to heal to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just being mindful that, that even though we check the boxes for each body system, individually that those body systems then interplay with each other and so you know being even more specific about how heart uh, health can affect the pelvic floor and how 
you know, mental health can affect chronic pain and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's just being mindful that all systems of the body are work dependently and also inter, you know, interacting with each other as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I would define it similarly, and that it's an approach that uh, takes into consideration the whole person. So I think as physical therapists, people think, oh, they're coming to us and we'll work on their physical body. But um, I guess because we have a holistic approach, um, we definitely incorporate like the mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of the being of a person as well. And I found that like the more I practice in the health field, it's you can't like treat one without the other. Um, so I think one of the models that we use in order for our holistic approach is we look at like exercise and movement, body work, awareness and nutrition. Um, and we address all those things and it's slower, it's slow medicine, it's not quick fix, but usually a holistic practice um, has longer lasting effects. Yeah. And um, if I if I were to add my take on it, um, there's a person walking in the door and that person has an entire history. Um, if I just look at the last couple of weeks, you know, one of my new patients, um, I was, I was a little tough on her because the lady, um, wasn't going to do anything that she, that I needed her to do to participate in my program. Um, uh, kind of a lifelong habit of self-neglect. And another lady walked in, isn't going to do anything I'm asking her to, at least this month, because her daughter committed suicide last week. And I was right on board with her. <laughs> like, yeah, let's not do anything this week. Um, or next, let's just walk you through this. Um, so it's taking people too in the context of their life and what's happening for them and what tools they have, what resources they have in order to accomplish the things that we're, we're setting out. We think that they need to know. Um, so along with everything that you guys just said, I, I don't even know how to practice anymore without considering the whole person and, um, like a lot of times at, at our clinic, uh, we, we don't do very well with L and I patients simply because they will come in with a wrist injury and you're not supposed to touch anything else, but, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, that wrist is probably hurting because of something in the pelvis yeah. and we could, yeah. Track that anatomy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so, um, so now I want to know is how, how are you guys using it in your practice? This idea of holism. Let's, and, and let's start with Irene. Oh, we have her here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so yeah. It, I read a book. Um, about 10 years ago called The Body Keeps the Score. It's by Bessel van der Kolk. And um, it changed my life and it changed my practice because it talks about how every single cell of our body <clears throat> actually remembers trauma. And the way that I define trauma, this is also probably how a lot of um, me mental health professionals define it, is any situation that uh, your brain and body considers outside of its control, which includes medical conditions, um, surgeries, uh, just being ill in general and feeling sick and pain. 
So when I read that book, it changed my life because I started seeing why I was hurting either inside or out in a completely different way, that things from my past might um, still be affecting my body today. And so I started my own journey. Um, and this is after already being a physical therapist for 10 years, I started my own journey of actually healing my brain and body together. And that's what I do to this day is that, um, and I think that that is what I've learned for myself and what I try to give away to others is this idea that you don't have to um, be intimidated by what has hurt you in the past. And you don't even have to always know exactly the circumstances and talk through everything that has happened in the past, unless you feel like that's a place where your brain wants to take you. However, if you treat the body in a holistic way, if you treat it with care that is mindful of what has happened in the past, um, people heal a lot better. And so I do um, neuroscience applications where people are learning to reconnect their brain to their body. And then I also do a lot of hands-on um, work that decreases how the cranial nerves are activated or overactive. And um, yeah, and I do a lot of education for people to know how their brain is processing pain, either physical or mental. And, and that is to me, just a, a way to be able to give all the resources to people that they might need. Mm -hmm. How about yeah, you, Chris? I definitely notice that, um, that I use the holistic approach through education and allowing people know like we allow ourselves enough time to educate our patients how our body is all connected and all the systems are connected and allows us to know their story where you know what um Irene is talking about you know understanding their trauma understanding their experiences and then educating them and having informed consent about treatments and about uh, treatment plans and about options that they have. Um, that's how I definitely go about things. And I think um, also just tying again into what I've been saying about understanding how my own trauma has affecting, has affected me allows so much more empathy for um, my patients and allows me to really make sure that uh, I meet them where they're at and where they're willing to be and where they're willing to go. Um, and when we have that connection, it just makes things so much easier. So we're just, and maybe not even easier because healing is difficult, but maybe just more authentic or more um, specific to the patient um, and that having that specificity for that patient is important too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just thinking like, I love that we all, all four of us have a holistic approach, mm -hmm. but we also come at it from slightly different angles. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. we have like, even within the holistic uh, model, there are like many avenues or approaches to come at it from and it's probably based on like our own past experiences um personal experiences our own interests like irene with the pain neuroscience and christina with her like education and functional medicine and um i don't know i was just thinking like okay like how do but we're all kind of getting at the similar thing and i think um my approach has been uh like is I use a lot of yoga um, and knowledge from Ayurveda and body work and then of course my own um, journey of self-healing has come into play as well um, but I think practically what's helped in the clinic is some of the things that Sarah's taught me with like the models um, like I really like I, with every patient, we talk about the four, I talk about the four parts of managing mm. um, their health or their chronic conditions, which I think I mentioned in the last question too, which 
is one, like exercise and movement, two, body work, three, awareness, which includes mental, emotional um, awareness, and four, nutrition. Um, and that's like a good place to start. And then we can sort of uh, go through that together and see where um, a person is at and how we can improve certain things. Um, and I also find that collaboration is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just me um, helping this person. I also love to recommend that they go see a naturopath um, or a functional medicine doctor that can help them a little bit more with nutrition or with their medications or um, herbal remedies. Um, we've also had an acupuncturist with Therapy Solutions and that's been an amazing approach for some people. Um, some people really respond to the body work, so massage therapy, and then I love sending everyone to our mental health um, therapist as well. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's about like building that uh, team for somebody that can help them in many um, aspects. Sure. So that's kind of in a nutshell of how I sort of thought about how like I kind of bring it to, to one person in a holistic mm. way. I really like that you emphasize that real that relational approach that we have. I mean, even we refer amongst ourselves here as physical therapists, um, mm -hmm. uh, it, which points to like how I got started in this model was actually through John Barnes and myofascial release. Cause the guy, you know, he has a, a line he uses a lot. Now that you have your stupid degree, <laughs> which I was highly offended at because I was proud of my degree and my head knowledge and I just that's my way it's like I'm going to gather all the knowledge I can to fix the problem and you'll never find the edge of that um and uh so from and so that's what I did once he busted my bubble and I um I saw a link between my own depression and my physical body through his work um I I just started learning more. Like, so I gathered craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation and manual lymph drainage. And, um, and that's when I, I also, and then I've heard about, <laughs> right. All the other ones that are out there, the strain, counter strain, what else is there? Active release therapy. Um, and you, in, you can go on and on. There's so many different techniques and, and things, things to know. Um, uh, in in the movement systems, that's why I do a lot of different movement systems because I was trying to find the one. And um, yeah. um, I, that that's how I started to embody for myself. It's not in something that you know. I end up with a pile of letters after my name and classes and degrees, and I realize learning still is something that makes me very happy, but. It's not, um, it's not what ma makes a difference when I walk in that room. It's not what I know. It's, it's my quality of listening. And, mm -hmm. and I bet all of us, like again and again, people are surprised that you're listening to them. And, and I'll just take a history and people are like, uh, their eyes are open that they could be better than, than they thought that they could be. Um, so, yeah, that we, we take the broad picture of person. I want to know everything about them. And so my histories, I mean, I was taught histories should be done in 20 minutes. I, my histories take 45 minutes. And maybe it's the complexity of our patients that we're seeing, but I, I want to know all their surgeries. I want to know all, their, all that's happening in their systems. I want to hear it from them. I want to know their social, you know, their lives a, a bit. You know what what's happened in their lives, because all of those things uh, affect the presenting problem. It's at least for the people who walk in our doors. So um, that that's how I do it, and I've actually gotten nicer to myself because I I put a lot of 
pressure on myself to get through all the categories, you know, uh, read history, physical assessment, give them something to do at home. And so I've, I've backed off and save, even save my physical assessment sometimes for the second visit because um, it's just so I'm not a, a wreck. <laughs> to, to <get> <laughs> I've been noticing I've been doing that too lately. Like my eval has maybe a posture thing because I can look at them while they're standing up to walk away from me. And then, yes. and then I like defer physical assessment to next to next time just because it is probably the first time that someone allows them 45 minutes to tell their story and and stuff like that so I totally get that it's so healing I have, a, I have a picture hanging on my wall with the gift of listening comes the gift of healing and mm-hmm. like that's a, a a cornerstone you know so pel- pelvic health is a mainstay at our clinic and it the specialization certification started out as women's health physical therapy well men have pelvises and so do children so we have to rename ourselves but that just calling it that was so valuable to me to say we want to look at this pelvis in context of of a person and the life that they they lead what does it mean in that case to be a woman um, to be a 40-year-old woman or a 60-year-old woman or a 15-year-old uh, woman. And um, that was also really uh, instrumental in me um, being allowed to bring that into my work. Um, uh, I think another thing that was really uh, instrumental for me to 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 embrace the holistic approach. I should remember the teacher's name because it was profound. Um, I was getting my doctorate degree at uh, Pacific University and I had already had my mass, my uh, orthopedic manual therapy masters. So I, um, I, I took, I took their decision, clinical decision-making class. This will be fun. And the lady had, it's a basic review at the time, but the lady had us get together in pairs and lay out, how do you lay out an assessment? And so um, then, you know, my partner and I are laying it out and I talk about intuition that I use intuition. So we set it off, uh, off to the side on our, on our little diagram we were making. And the teacher comes around and says, what is this over here? Where do you put it into your decision-making tree and and why is it over here not in the tree and and I was like well you know we together we agreed that that's really not a standard part so we stuck it over here and she says if you don't bring that into where into your flow you are always going to handicap yourself Mm -hmm. that's awesome that a traditional you know in a traditional educational environment that that was allowed it was it let me come into the treatment rooms with my patients and we all have intuition yeah (laughs) we're all using that with our patients oh yeah so that that was another thing that shaped how and why I use this model and um yeah I just gives me a warm heart to think about it. Yeah, that was a, a great time. So this question of then, uh, I'll tell you what, where this question came from. Describing the role of licensure versus the archetype, archetype of the healer, how do you lo- utilize both in your practice? So also in that program, I was assigned looking at licensure and I realized back then that when they decided to do license, MD got the whole pie. And then the rest of us showed up, all the different healthcare fields, and we got slices of the pie. Um, but the thing is, when you walk into a room with a patient, you're taking on the archetype of the healer. And the, you want to help that person. And you're looking and you're seeing 
well, I see this going on. Who's helping them with that? I need to know more. <laughs> and so that's where I also, I think in this group, we're people who are like push the edges. Well, I want to get, I want to get this other licensure or this other certification because they need this. And I, you know, I need to expand my field because I, I can see that they need this other help. No one's doing it. <laughs> um, how yeah, do you, I think it's really important to like know our boundaries and to know, um, like legally, like what, um, is allowed and not allowed and like what our practice act says and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but then knowing that practice acts are different in each state. And so <laughs> that then allows maybe more wiggle room, um, in certain circumstances. And then, um, and I think, I mean, and I can be cynical at times, but understanding that these practice acts were created, you know, by lobbyists who, you know, or are shaped by lobbyists who are, you know, interested in their own benefit for certain professions, right? And knowing that there's some, there's some cloud maybe hanging over some of the stuff, of the definitions, right? Um, but these boundaries can, you know, limit the, the, the ability to help patients and and which that can get us frustrated that, you know, I should be, you know, I'm pr perfectly capable of being able to handle this X, Y, and Z. So I should be able to guide this patient through that. Um, but I also think, you know, the positive about licensure is that a lot, I, what I've noticed, like, say, for instance, someone is licensed and someone is considered a, like, health coach or a some kind of like self-help coach or something like that and there's no licensure is that licensure people tend to know when to refer out hmm. and like when it does become like a more of a safety issue and like this is where my boundaries truly legally and also like and also even morally like this is where my boundary is and so um it's interesting how the two blend and how uh we do have to think of that in the back of our mind, like how far is too far, right? And I think I saw um, on one of the Facebook groups that I'm in, that's like a um, like a physical therapy one, and someone was complaining about, um, a physical therapist was complaining about how um, there was like a physical or a personal trainer who was like, um, who was, um, uh, and advertising themselves as like this corrective exercise guru or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. Right. And, and, you know, you know, that tends to happen in general, but then other people helped her like realize that, well, physical therapists tend to also think that they're mental health counselors and they're not, <laughs> you know, and, or physical therapists might think that they are, um, uh, or, functional medicine MDs and they're not right and that blends you know that can can blend too um and you could take that into so many um avenues so um yes I think using the holistic approach as a healer is important and um and we have to be mindful of laws and why they're there and licensure and stuff like that and know where it is time for us to refer out even within our holistic approach. Um, so it's kind of knowing the, the boundaries of both. Yeah. 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 I would agree with that. I think it's, um, you know, with, with my own practice now, what's really interesting is that um, I get to pick and choose who my clients are. So I actually interview them and I see if it's a good fit and it's their choice if they want to come. And oftentimes it starts with them interviewing me and seeing like what my credentials are. Um, even if they were referred by a doctor or if they were referred by another patient that of mine that uh, recommended me, they often like to know like what my credentials are and how much schooling I had and how much experience. But quickly I find that in our consultation, it, it turns to more just making a decision for themselves, how they want to heal. And I always like, so that's 
where I think it allows people to make a choice that is based on, of course, like, you know, legally we want them to know that they are being treated by someone who has the education and has been tested thoroughly. But the idea of them partnering with you um, in order to heal. And, and I think my mm -hmm. model, um, just like all of our models are just really different than the medical field. Whereas often, um, they go to a doctor and it's just told to them what to do and they never question it. Um, we give them, all four of us give our patients the option of them taking control of their health again. And so mm -hmm. really this idea of us being a healer is participatory where they are learning how to heal themselves mm -hmm. and only certain people want to do that. And so if that's mm -hmm. the case, then um, really like even our licensure doesn't really have that model. <laughs> it has more of a model where mm -hmm. we're just taught to get all of these certifications. And, you know, I don't mind all of the different certifications I've had just because I like to learn. I really don't mm -hmm. care about my, my, the letters after my name, but the people that do the best with us, I feel are people who are willing to understand this holistic approach to healing, this idea that they want a partner in their, their healing process. And that's what we offer them. And, and I have found much more joy and satisfaction in that versus um, trying to pick apart like, you know, different medical models or like trying to satisfy people that just want this like healing handed to them. Um, but just partnering with people and clients and patients that, and sometimes I call it physical therapy and sometimes I just call it wellness. And sometimes um, we have to get creative with, within our practice act, but I'm finding that it's about how the people perceive their own healing process that helps mm -hmm. me to know better who I am to them and operating within my scope of practice in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I can add much more to that. Um, I feel pretty lucky in the physical therapy world that we do have quite a bit of freedom um, to do what we um, think is best for our patients. Like I was just talking with one of my um, massage therapists here who specializes in women's health and she's taken multiple classes in pelvic floor work, but in New York state, she can't do internal work. And I thought, man, that's a bummer. She probably knows, <laughs> she'd probably be just fine doing internal work with the amount of, of training that she's had. So, I think we do have quite a bit of freedom. I mean, Irene brought up an interesting point with like wellness versus physical therapy. Cause I think um, we, do, I do do a lot of things that are beyond physical therapy in terms of like what insurance um, defines as physical therapy, like cranial sacral therapy or Reiki energy healing. Um, <sighs> just even discussing Ayurveda with patients. And um, so those sort of things I tend to try to be careful about. And if we do start delving into the more um, like cranial sacral therapy world, then we've been trying to say, okay, this is more wellness. Like this is beyond physical therapy. Mm -hmm. um, luckily I can still do it, but just maybe outside of insurance um, parameters. It's still kind of tricky to navigate. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure that <laughs> out too. I know. Like, where is, where is that line? And why yeah. is it, why do we have that line? And why do we give so much power to the insurance companies, but we don't give it to them. They take the power. So, you know, you know, that's, yeah, that was, doesn't help the situation either. So. Yeah. Saying, um, we, physical therapy used to do, it started out doing hands-on stuff and we've kind of backed off of that quite a bit. We don't, personally, but as a profession, we have uh, spend very little time hands-on. Uh, and um, so massage therapy steps in because that is a healing modality and people, it helps people and they, they need it, they want it. 
massage therapy steps up. And then, um, you know, like when I started in physical therapy, we would see people three times a week. And uh, if for six weeks, that was a standard referral. And if that didn't work, you get another six weeks, you know, and you could see someone for six months, two, three times a week, because that's the frequency that it needs to be the interventions of with exercise and to make a difference. So we quit doing it. So who steps in personal trainers, because it helps <laughs> and people need it to get better. And all, you know, like, so insurance companies mode uh, framework has greatly influenced how we practice and has reduced us down to handouts. Here's a handout. Here's how you do it. Go home and do it. Um, and like this month I'm doing a lot of, no one just handed Simone Biles a handout and said, here, go home, do this so that she could become the world-class athlete that she is. She did it working with, with her coaches and, um, yeah, that's how people are. We need, we need each other. Um, we need guidance in order to, to grow and change with whatever skill it is that, that we want. So there's, for me, there's this love hate with insurance companies and, and with the license, the licensure model. I, I'm grateful for the licensure model. I'm grateful for insurances, like, cause they probably, um, keep me in line too. Uh, as, yeah, as, and I think and and it provides access, right? Like mm-hmm. we we're finding that uh, I just saw the the data come out of what the the top fifteen causes of death in twenty twenty, right? And mm-hmm. and the increase, the significant increase in death of heart disease and stroke and all that stuff compared to even just a year ago. Um, could have been contributed to one trauma and the year of 2020 promoting like is was a very traumatic event for the entire world um but also the lack of health care that may have been uh, um, been able to access because of we just weren't able to get to see enough people we weren't able like telehealth and physical therapy was limited and not everyone was okay with doing telehealth um, in their medical practices and like all that stuff. And so how access of care, limiting access of care can have consequences. And so that's why that insurance is important too, because it provides access. So it is that love-hate relationship um, and trying to navigate it all is, it can be difficult. Yeah. Um. This is, you know, that this uh, next question that I had on there, you know, like where, um, where does the holistic model limit good health and how does the medical model limit good health and how can people utilize both for optimal health is, um, um, I think uh, for my, okay. So again, these questions come out of experience. Uh, I learned from experience and that's a harsh teacher sometimes. So, uh, what, when I found, when I found MFR and I found this whole strain of, you know, follow your intuition stuff. And, <laughs> um, I forgot my roots a, a, a little bit and, um, it got me, it got me into some trouble. I mean, I, I, I've always done a good job with my patients, um, but someone took it wrong one time and complained about me, and it was devastating. And that's where I stepped back and said, if I'm going to practice as a physical therapist, uh, um, I need to remember what that licensure is. I need to meet the expectations of my uh, contracts with the insurance companies about what they expect. And anything outside of that um, needs to be considered wellness or off, off of, uh, you know, off not physical therapy. I'll talk to you about wellness over here, something like that. Um, 
And, and I think any time, I think for most therapists, it, as you expand into this holistic model, you have to realize where you, you have to come back to the base too. You can't, um, be, you, you can't lose that base. And I, I, Chrissy, I, you, you nailed it with, we know when to refer. Mm-hmm. You can't know everything. You can't, you, you, holistic healing doesn't mean you're going to be the savior of this person. <laughs> yeah. I think how the holistic model can potentially limit um, good health is that we, it could turn into like this, um, like two things, like the healer slash savior um, complex of like the patient then only like needs me to mm-hmm. save them um, because I have been the only provider or one of the few providers that truly like gives them that platform of um, of education and choice and um, and exploring all the options. So that complex then can turn into um, like what Sarah likes to call the drama triangle. Um, where it's like the savior, the persecutor, and the victim, and how that can continue going. And I also think the holistic model can also kind of get stuck in the circle of like we're looking at so many things that can contribute to it. And I've been um, talking to patients lately about what capacity do you think you can handle right now? Because I can give you literally 10 options, but we can't do all 10 at one time. So it, we can get kind of stuck in this um, merry-go-round of, well, I, did, I tried this and I tried this and I tried this and I tried this and nothing seems to be helping, right? And then we're racking our brain of like, what is it, right? But in reality, if we just give time to like maybe one or two things, right? And allowing that to give us answers or give us insight and then, okay, like, let's tweak this, let's tweak this, and then let's go to the next one. So I think sometimes in the ho- that holistic model, we can be so overwhelmed with decisions and choices, then then that paralysis by analysis kind of sets in too. So I think that's those are like the two biggest things I can think of, that the holistic model can be limiting good health in some capacity. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think we've been talking already about the limits of like a traditional medicine or like what we're doing, like let's just say the United States healthcare model is that doesn't allow enough time to like talk about all these things. It doesn't allow time for full exam and assessment. It doesn't allow us to be able to find connections between all the systems. And so, and, but we need both, right? Like we need medicine that is prescribed in order to help certain capacities. And um, especially even if it's just temporary, like, or the rest of your life, like maybe we we do need medicine that is prescribed by a physician, you know, or um, we need imaging, we need testing, like we need some of that stuff too. So it's finding the balance between all of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I came into the physical therapy world with this um, image of a bridge, and I just wanted to like. Mm-hmm. Um, my intention as a physical, as a practitioner was and still is to bridge the gap between the holistic model and the medical model. And that I always saw them as they could work really harmoniously together, but alone they had limitations. Mm -hmm. So I sort of see it as the holistic model is always relevant. Um, it's always there for us to utilize, even in like chronic or severe illness, um, to use alongside the medical model. Like, uh, you know, with say something like cancer or heart disease, you can still be utilizing um, diet, exercise, self care strategies along with your medications and surgeries that you need. Um, and you can't treat it alone with just the holistic model. And then also, oh, you know, I actually really love um, Ayurveda has a model of 
of illness that really resonated with me. They talk about the six stages of disease. Mm -hmm. And um, like the first two, um, see if I get this right, the first two of the six stages are there are really no symptoms yet, maybe some really mild. Um, in the third stage, there's like vague, nonspecific symptoms, such as like you get maybe get fatigue or um, a cough or something like that. And then, so those first three stages of disease are just where like an imbalance is happening. And that's where I think the holistic model, you could probably just go with the holistic model alone. Um, and that's where the holistic model really thrives, but the medical model falls short there. That's where you go in. You're like, I don't, something feels weird or like something feels off mm-hmm. and nothing is showing up on tests. Um, the doctor, you know, the medical doctor might say, I don't really know what's going on. Everything looks normal. You're fine. Um, but that's where something like Ayurveda or Chinese medicine or what we we do as holistic physical therapists can really help with and get you back into balance to prevent um, that imbalance from worsening and turning into disease. So then in the last three stages, four, five, and six stages of disease that Ayurveda defines, that's like where symptoms really manifest and they might uh, be specific at this point to a particular disease um, that it can be defined so and then once you get to that point um, it's it's hard to manage with the holistic model alone and that's where I think the medical model um, really does come into play um, but also we don't want to forget about the holistic model I, I learned from Sarah I, I still use the phrase um, that you taught me if you have a pill you need a program yes. and I, I know that's just like so perfect I say that to everyone who has to take a medication and it, it, people are like oh yeah that makes sense like okay so I'm taking this pill to reduce my cholesterol but what else can I be doing in my lifestyle exercise wise or diet wise to support what that pill is doing Um, Because otherwise, if you don't do that, then the imbalance is still just going to thrive in your body and Mm -hmm. create more and more disease, and then you need more and more medical treatments. Um, So, yeah, once I learned that Ayurvedic six stages of disease, it like clicked for me. Yes, how those two models kind of like interplay. Oh yeah, I don't think I've heard that specific six stages. define that way but I think you nailed it I mean well the creators of Ayurveda (laughs) nailed it and then you describing it is nailed it too so um I think that is well I'm gonna have to sit with that for this for today because I don't think I've heard that explained that way too and then I haven't heard the man it's I, I like constantly am learning something every day like and that's like I haven't heard that if you have a pill, you need a plan. Like, oh, like oh, oh, I need man. to start writing this like <laughs> book of Sarah isms. Like on right? there, like there's so oh, many. That's so good. I'm, it's just, I'm so glad that. we're having these conversations. I mean, these are the things that needed to happen. Yeah, to bring yes. those those back out, and like, yeah, I, and that's, um, you know, to to pull back something you said earlier, Shona, or to pull it out again, like those four those four categories um, of what we teach people, they are like the four-legged stool. And then on top of it is sits the procedures, uh, pills, whatever. So those, those four stools of exercise, body work, nutrition, awareness, if there's not, if they aren't there, the, the pills can't work as well. The procedures can't work as well. Classic is um, a, surgery for pelvic organ prolapse, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't have those four things in place, that person's having another surgery. And oh, right. And, and it's also that surgery is a great example of, it's not like uh, therapy is going to triumph over. We're, we're going to be better than surgery. It's they need to go together. Mm-hmm. 
because if that endopelvic fascia is stretched out, we can teach those four areas and get people really good at at their home program and all that stuff, and they're still going to need the surgery. But they're going to have a, a better outcome, and that's scientifically supported. Um, so what we do isn't better than, it's it, it enhances what medical practice does. And I, and I think that's a, a good holistic practice, is one that enhances and supports other models of health, just like Ayurveda is another model of health, you know, medicine is another model of health, etc. No one has the complete picture. And we find a way to, to work together. But um, we need to move on in our day. So we're, I, uh, we're, we're, I will, I guess we'll wrap it up on that note. Um, yeah. yeah, but um, And then the other questions that we had, you know, scheduled for today, we'll just go in the next topic or the next yeah day yeah very good so thank you guys yeah thank you yeah yeah i like the platform i like being able to see you yeah yes yeah next time i'll see my face too yeah next time yeah okay all right all right you too bye yeah bye bye If you want to check out more from Dr. Irene Luke, head to Mind slash Door LLC on Facebook or Irene.Mind.Door on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our group tends to have these fantastic discussions and we always ask ourselves why we haven't recorded any of them. And now here we are. If you are interested in more content, we'll be releasing new episodes every other Monday. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Therapy Solutions PLLC. That PLLC is super important. This is the Rehab Within Reach podcast, where all are encouraged to experience wholeness and independence. See you soon.